0: Welcome to the Words That Minister Grace podcast. In this podcast, we read excerpts from books that the host finds edifying. Expect to hear from authors such as Matthew Henry, John Calvin, and J.C. Ryle. We take our name from Ephesians 4.29, where Paul exhorts us that our speech should build up each other, or as the King James says, Minister Grace. I am your host, the fake King Hesse. In this episode we continue our reading of Calvin's Institutes, Book 2, Chapter 8. We'll be reading Section 22, where Calvin starts a discussion on the Third Commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. 22. The purport of this commandment is that the majesty of the name of God is to be held sacred. In sum, therefore, it means that we must not profane it by using it irreverently this prohibition implies a corresponding precept, viz, that it be our study and care to treat his name with religious veneration. Wherefore it becomes us to regulate our minds and our tongues, so as never to think or speak of God and his mysteries without reverence and great soberness, and never, in estimating his works, to have any feelings towards him but one of deep veneration. We must, I say, steadily observe the three following things. First, whatever our mind conceives of him, whatever our tongue utters, must bespeak his excellence and correspond to the sublimity of his sacred name, in short, must be fitted to extol its greatness. Secondly, we must not rashly and preposterously pervert his sacred word and adorable mysteries to purposes of ambition, our avarice, our amusement, but, according as they bear the impress of his dignity, must always maintain them in due honor and esteem. Lastly, we must not detract from or throw obloquy upon his works, as miserable men are wont insultingly to do, but must laud every action which we attribute to him as wise and just and good. This is to sanctify the name of God when we act otherwise his name is profaned with vain and wicked abuse because it is applied to a purpose foreign to that to which it is consecrated. Were there nothing worse in being deprived of his dignity it is gradually brought into contempt. But if there is so much evil in the rash and unseasonably employment of the divine name there is still more evil in its being employed for nefarious purposes, as is done by those who use it in necromancy, cursing, illicit exorcisms, and other impious incantations. But the commandment refers especially to the case of oaths, in which the perverse employment of the divine name is particularly detestable, and this it does the more effectually to deter us from every species of profanation that the thing here commanded relates to the worship of God and the reverence due to his name, and not to the equity which men are to cultivate towards each other, it's apparent from this, that afterwards, in the second table, there is a condemnation of the perjury and false testimony by which human society is injured, and that the repetition would be superfluous if, in this commandment, the duty of charity were handled. Moreover, This is necessary even for distinction, because, as it was observed, God has, for good reason, divided his law into two tables. The inference, then, is that God here vindicates his own right and defends his sacred name, but does not teach the duties which men owe to men. Thanks for listening. In the show notes, you can find contact information and a link to the text from today. Remember to heed Paul when he says in Ephesians 4.29 to Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers.